Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it's the Lombardi line here on a Friday. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. How are we doing? We're just. Michael, it's getting close. That's all I can say as we say hi to Michael Lombardi. Uh, We're getting closer and closer, and that money line's coming down. Vinny just told me they went to 185 on the Rams. There Remem- you go. Remember that got all nice the way up to, they got all the way up to two dollars, nice man. So nice call. The borough yeah, money is legit. The, as we said before, the borough money is legit. He is the story, you know? And that I, he, I think he, the Bengals are getting bet that way. I, and I think everybody who puts a dollar on the Bengals is saying, in, in Joe Burrow, I trust. I mean, I think there's no doubt. Because when you really study the three games and study the Bengals season and examine it, you know, he's certainly a huge part of it. And they've been really a, a fortunate team. And can they continue this to go along for another week, uh, another game? We shall see. You know, I mean, I keep I kept expecting them to get knocked out all through the playoffs. It hasn't happened, so maybe they'll fool me again. I'm just not taking the bait on it this time again. I totally understand, my man. Hey, we are packed today. We're going to have Dan Fouts, Hall of Famer, on coming up in about 14 oh, minutes. Wow. Yeah, Mark Bolger is going to join us, of course. You know Mark. Um, hey, and, an, and aside about Mark Bolger, the former Ram, he is a big curler. And when I say he's a curler, I mean like literally a competitive curler. So we, we have, must ask him about why Switzerland is so dominant. <laughs> Matthew Berry's going to join. <laughs> well, didn't it, Italy, Italy won it, though. I think Did Italy, Italy win? I think Italy won, yeah. I mean, let's not take that away from us. I mean, we're, we, we can make wine, and we can make uh, a lot of things, and we can make curling, too. You can make wine, now. and you can make rocks float on ice. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Berry's going to join in, uh, Danny Trejo, the actor, who is a Los Angeles resident and a huge, and I'm talking huge Rams fan from back in the day. So uh, we're absolutely jam-packed. Before we get to all the guests, because we're not going to have a ton of time to talk to each other, uh, the dust has settled in Philadelphia. Uh, Harden yeah. and Harden's got the most healthy hamstring in the country. I heard, and that's how quickly he recovered. How 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 do you feel 24 hours later? Well, he's not going to. I mean, uh, the the great Howard Eskin, who will only call Glenn, Doc Rivers the Glenn because he refuses to call anybody in the Philadelphia area as a coach Doc, uh, as disrespect to the great Julius Doctor Irving. So. Uh, he tweeted out that Harden will not pl- will not be with the team in o- to, against Oklahoma City, and then the next game he's going to miss the next two yep. games. So I don't know how healthy that that knee that hamstring is. He will wear jersey number one, but on the other side, Ben Simmons has seemed to be very has gone through a tremendously quick therapy session and seems to be on track to play as well. So we all know what what this was all about. But as I reflect on it, I think. I, I find this to be interesting. I, I find the commentary uh, of the worldwide leader and all these other experts 
after the Atlanta series when, when really Simmons was not very good. And everybody said he has no value and he can't play and he's just a journeyman. You know, it's great athlete but can't do it. To yesterday when all of a sudden, you know, the, the, he became, without an offseason, without playing a game, he became better. How did this happen? Hmm. Like, how did it happen? When did he become better? But for me, I, I go back to the Atlanta. For me, my memory goes back to Atlanta where, you know, he wouldn't play with – he can't play in the half-court set. And not just in Atlanta. Let's go back in time. When Brett Brown was still the coach, before they doubled in and went all in, they had T.J. McConnell had to start the last playoff game that they got beat because they needed a point guard. They needed somebody to run the half-court set. The next year in the playoffs – with James Butler on the team, Jimmy Butler and, and, and Tobias Harris, those trade additions came on the team. Butler was the point guard in the half-court set, and they lost the, the game to Toronto on the ball bouncing up and down. The next year, the next year with Al Harford and Tobias Harris and all those ridiculous Josh Richardson, they didn't have a point guard. They didn't know what to do. They, lose, they lost Butler because that's what Simmons wanted. They didn't have a point guard, and they get eliminated by the Hawks. So for me, you know, I, I think to me, you know, then Brett Brown loses his job, and then they've got to trade Hortford and do all these other things. And so, and then the next year against Atlanta, same situation. So for all the people saying this really helps the Nets, did they remember watching those, those, those four years that I just quoted? I don't think they did. Because when it becomes a half-court game, this is when Simmons' liabilities show up, and it's a problem. And it's going to be a problem for the Nets. It's going to be a problem for Philly. It's just like Harden's going to be a problem. And if you want to play a pace game, he's dribbling the ball up. He doesn't advance it. He's a pick-and-roll player without a pick-and-roll center. So it's kind of like I, it, you're going to have to see how this all fits. Well, the market agrees with you and doesn't agree with the sentiment that Simmons helps the Nets. The Nets were right around three and a half to one to win the championship after the trade, you know, somewhere between six and seven to one. So their, their odds got worse. The biggest shift was Philly. Philly before 12 to one to win the title. They're sitting right around seven and a half at DraftKings, as low as six to one at a couple of books uh, to win the title. So uh, as far as the shift, the shift is firmly right there in the, in the city of brotherly love next to you. Yeah, well, I mean, too, the fact that, I mean, look, we know the Nets. I mean, they went out last night and, and lost to, you know, they lost to uh, the Wizard who, who couldn't win. And yet, you know, uh, our Kyrie Irving can't play at home games, So he, even though he played in that game. But I do think they'll tie it all together come playoff time. I think they'll be better that. But will they be able to execute in the half court? Now they've got one of the greatest players of all time in Kevin Durant, you know, so that'll be, that'll be helpful. But uh, I, I don't know how it all is going to fit together and how quickly it can fit together because all these players are playing together. And, and where is Simmons? I mean, you know, where is he on the free throws? Is he going to shoot them? Is he going to make them? Is he going to try? I mean, the spacing in the half court is going to be just as bad for the Nets as it was for Philly. To Michael's point, Oklahoma City in Philly tonight, no Harden, no Millsap, unlikely to play as well. That number, the 76ers, open 12. It's been bet down. It's right around 12 and a half. A couple books sitting at 12 with Oklahoma City in town. It's a seven-game slate in the association tonight. Now, you and Simmons, by the way, has said but, he has no has idea. A, you know, this, yeah, this, to me, th this shouldn't affect the 76ers at all. I mean, coming off their loss at home to Phoenix, this shouldn't affect them because they haven't had Simmons or Harden all season. So this is just a normal game. Now, where it affects them is I don't think Curry was going to play in this game. 
it, it's going to affect him with Drummond. What are they going to do with Drummond? What are they going to do? Who is going to relieve Embiid of the minutes that he needs? So are they going to bring up? Are they going to bring up Paul Reed from the Delaware 87ers? Or are they going to play Charlie Bassey at at the center position? I think that remains to be seen. So you're starting five now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maxi, Harden, Tobias, Embiid, and a combination of Green or Thibel. I mean, that's really your five, right? Yeah, I would think that they would. You know, I, I would. I would think they would bring uh, start Thibel and bring Green off the bench. I think the one thing is they can move Maxi off the ball, and you know, use him on the weak side of the of the offense as they as they isolate both Embiid and Harden and give them a guy who can penetrate and take advantage of somebody sinking down on Embiid. So I'm sure there's a way they can work all this out. I mean, I'm not a coach, so I don't know it, but to me. I can't imagine taking Maxi off the court. The other thing I can imagine is, is when Embiid's on there alone and when Harden's on there alone, I actually think they might be really good, you know, if they if they kind of spread out their, their time together a little bit because it'll make them even more effective. I hope, I really do, and I mean this sincerely, I hope, Michael Lombardi, you like dribbling. Get used to top of the key, <laughs> James Harden, left hand. Dribble, dribble, yeah. dribble, 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 then decide what to do. That's what you're going to be watching. But, but it's, the one thing I will say, he will make a shot. I mean, yeah, and, and yeah. I think when you watch the Sixers as much as I have and you see them as at the end of games when they play really well and they can't score, which is what Butler did for them. I mean, the year they lose to Toronto, Butler made the. I mean, Butler was able to close games out. He was the guy that they went to to close it out, to be the pressure player. It wasn't Embiid, it was a Butler. Because, you know, the way the league is now, it's hard for a center to, you know, in the old days, you throw the ball in the post and, and, and he'd score. But today it's more of who can, who can get to the rim, who can create, and who can get to the free throw line. And that was Butler. And they, when they lost Butler, they lost their point guard. No love lost with Harden and KD, it, it, it appears. Last night on TNT, they had the All-Star draft. So it was LeBron and KD. KD on the board was Harden. He drafted Rudy Gobert. And he said, well, we need some size. So he drafted Gobert over Harden, and they were all dying. So obviously some bad blood. Now, here's the thing about Harden leaving. He should be... KD shouldn't be upset with Harden. He should be upset with his his dude Kyrie, who's played in 12 games this year and refuses to get the vax, so he can't play at home. It's just amazing. I right. mean, it's just truly amazing. I mean, I don't know what you do. I really don't. <laughs> you blow it up. I, I mean, after, like, after, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how you tolerate. Like, how do you just sit there and say we're paying all this money and you can't even play? <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I get it. I, I, I don't get it. I shouldn't say that. Okay, so last night, how about your boy Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVPs? That's his fourth. Leaves him. I one hope behind we made Peyton. you some money. I hope you listened on that. I mean, we made. I mean, we've been saying this all. It was. It was a no doubter. It was a no doubter. And he, Vrabel, he was coach of the year. Do it. We've talked about that as no well. No doubter. You know, I mean, I'm sure that you know the, the Brendan Staley fans and the Zach Taylor fans and the Matt Lafleur fans, particularly not Big Daddy, not my man Big Daddy, my cousin Vince. No, that wasn't the case. Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt, Michael. Uh, rookie offensively goes Chase. Rookie defensively, unanimously goes Michael Parsons. No surprise there. Yep, no surprise at all. I mean, look, he, he was dominant. You know, and look, T.J. Watt, with all the sacks and breaking the sack record, I think so ultimately, uh, you know, got, got him the Defensive Player of the Year. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, look, 
It was uh, the, the the Hall of Fame was interesting too, Patrick. Yes. I thought, you know, a lot of people complain that Baselli didn't play enough. I thought Baselli, you know, he didn't play enough. That's true. But when he did play, he was dominant. His uniform never got dirty. I thought Richard Seymour belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know where I am on the coaching. I think there's other coaches that should have gone in uh, in front of Coach Vermeil. Respect Coach Vermeil, but a 52% winning percentage, and you know, just one Super Bowl win, two Super Bowl appearances. I did, to me based on my criteria that wasn't it and, and you know and I think that some of the other we're letting guys in that I don't think was a criteria which is just going to open the floodgates up I thought Re- wasn't Revis eligible Darrell Revis is a Hall of Famer I, didn't, I don't see him on the list here uh, maybe, yeah I don't he must not have been eligible maybe I, I can't year. imagine they would yeah maybe. it's probably next year he, yeah no doubt he's a surefire Hall of Famer okay there it is yeah Baselli got in and others we come back speaking of Hall of Famers Dan Fouts joins us to talk about the Super Bowl next here at Lombardi Line The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the big game's right around the corner. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options. Go in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. BetMGM, just bring your status sheet ID, by the way, here on the strip to any MGM property, and you'll be ready to bet within minutes. Must be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. If you do have a gambling issue, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the sports betting network. He is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. And it is not often you get to talk to one of the all-time greats. Hall of Famer Dan Fouts joins us now, of course. 15-year career, San Diego Chargers. 
Chargers longtime broadcaster and thrilled to talk and welcome Dan Fouts. First off, welcome and thank you, Dan. And secondly, I'm going to start with Stafford. I'll let Michael have Burrow in the Bengals. I'll start with Stafford. I call him the quarterback's quarterback because while maybe fans get upset and are critical of Stafford, those in the know love him. What is it about Stafford that stands out to you, Dan? Well, you know, he, he really hasn't um, gotten the credit that he deserves because he played in Detroit for some, you know, really, uh, and how do you say it nicely, uh, rough teams. How's that? Um, but, you know, before Patrick Mahomes came around, it was Stafford who could throw uh, the ball from any arm angle. And I uh, did a couple of games for uh, CBS when we did the Lions games, and, you know, we, we illustrated the fact that he could throw it sidearm, three-quarter arm, throw on the run, and do everything as far as getting the ball out. So, uh, you know, just the physical part of his game, I always uh, marveled at. Uh, and then you think about his toughness. Uh, he's, he's demonstrated that year after year. And then, to, you know, to have the dream come true, to come to a contender late in his career, uh, to come to the Rams and then lead them uh, very spectacularly to this point, uh, you got to give him the long overdue credit he deserves. Dan, I've been working on this book. It's so it's a pleasure to talk to you. I've been working on the book about the Hall of Fame and and kind of going through some of the great coaches, Don Coryell being one of them that didn't deserve enough recognition and and uh, and I went back and I watched the 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 Freezer Bowl and it was 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 just incredible to watch on YouTube. Have you actually warmed up from that game yet? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, actually, right now I'm sitting in La Jolla, California, staring at the <laughs> Pacific Ocean and uh, feeling feeling wonderful. But yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was a nippy one. And uh, you know, I every year at this time, when there's a cold football game, somebody will call me and remind me just how cold Cincinnati was. So I appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it was fun to watch, and, and obviously the Bengals were a great team with Pete Johnson and all that, and it was a obviously a, a tough day. But let's talk about Joe Burrow and, uh, and 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 what you see in him, and what's the one thing that stands out to you as you evaluate him outside of the production throwing the ball to Chase? Well, you know, he appears to be the type of leader you need. Uh, you know, his. His national championship at LSU obviously is a is a high point, but to to be at this point right now, so early in his career, uh, with a team that nobody really saw this coming, but they just continued to win. They, he continued to perform well, uh, getting the ball in the right places to the right guys, and uh, you know this this is going to be a, a fun game to watch because. Yeah, he's a great competitor, as is Stafford. And I, so I think, you know, that's what you need, obviously, in a game like a Super Bowl is uh, two quarterbacks that uh, will give it their all and uh, keep you on the edge of your seat till the last moment. Dan Fouts joins us here, of course, the great Hall of Famer, San Diego Chargers, on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. So these two teams, you know, had to come from behind in the AFC and NFC championship. You, you went to two AFC championship games. It's not necessarily the matchup we had thought we would see at the beginning of the year. Let's start on the Rams side and the defense, Dan. What stands out to you about this Rams defense? 
Well, you go back to that second half against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and you saw the passion that Aaron Donald displayed on the sidelines. Uh, to me, that's exactly what you need to be a championship team. You need your best players to not only step up, but to make sure that they have company when they do step up, and they have to lead uh, just as Donald has done. So I, that was that was very impressive. And then, uh, you know, the way that they – uh, physically uh, beat the 49ers in that second half with pressure on Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, having lost to the 49ers just a couple of weeks before and having lost to them so many games in a row, you could see their determination. And uh, that's what, you know, if you look at this game, because you just mentioned it, how both these teams had to come from behind, this is going to be a second-half game, just like it, it seems like all these great playoff games have been. Uh, decided by a late field goal, maybe even overtime or, or whatever. But this is going to be that type of game because that's what we've seen so far from both teams. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and look, the, the second half, the, the Bengals' defense holding the Chiefs twice in, in, in during the entire season to three points and Mahomes not playing. I couldn't agree more. That's one of the reasons why I think these teams will get into gear. Once the defensive line of the Rams get a little tired, I think it's certainly going to help Burrow and his offensive line. But when you watch these offenses of today, and, and you know, you were in the room with Coriel and the brilliance of his passing game with Ernie Zampisi and all those great coaches, like, what offense do you look at and say, wow, if I played there, I would have been unbelievable. This is the perfect offense for my skill set. Today's game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's obviously hypothetical. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I would have um, or I would not have is any more bills because the way these guys are getting paid these days. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of why when, when you're pushing, you know, uh, the golden years, you start thinking about stupid things like, boy, those guys are making a lot of money, aren't they? Uh, but, you know, the way the game is played today, you can trace it back to uh, the Air Coriel days because it gave coaches uh, around the league the, you know, the green light to throw the ball and to win games throwing the ball. Uh, Bill Walsh did it in San Francisco, obviously, with the great Joe Montana. And, uh, you know, the results since that time, uh, the late 70s, early 80s, you can just see the numbers increasing year after year in the passing game. And not only that, but in the TV ratings and how popular yeah. uh, the game has become. Dan, no last doubt. one. For, oh, no please, doubt. Michael, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's he's he's so and this is why for me Clark Shaughnessy belongs in the Hall of Fame because Clark Shaughnessy invented this and he got us going on that and Coriel certainly has added to this and his offenses were incredible from a coach who wrote a letter to to Bid Bidwell as a as an assist as a head coach of San Diego State to make this impact on the league. I think Dan is absolutely right and it's blossomed into the value of the franchises. The yeah, there, there's no question that, that both those uh, men deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And now that the uh, the Hall of Fame has, has uh, added a contributor category, uh, I think that is uh, the avenue for both uh, both those men to to make it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, because the the rap against Coriel has always been that uh, he never won a Super Bowl. Um, but you know, on the other hand. Dick Vermeil has, has made it to the Hall of Fame using Don Coriel's offense, and uh, he's not the first coach to do that. 
Last one from me, Dan. The protection for Burrow hasn't been there. Does that start to get into a quarterback's head? Well, it, you know, you de- it just depends on, on how well prepared you are for the pressure and uh, how well prepared uh, the line are is and, and the, the running backs and how they're going to handle it. You know, they've had two weeks now to, to uh, prepare. Um, again, I think uh, you talk about that offensive line on both teams going against pretty good defensive lines. How will they hold up in that fourth quarter when they need that drive uh, to go down the field to win the game or tie the game up or whatever? So that's, to me, the game is always, you know, as much as I love the passing game and receivers and all that, man, it's up front that counts, right? No Absolutely. doubt, no doubt. And, you know, I, I marvel at Burrow's ability to, to continue to look down the field after getting hit time and time again. I think it's really remarkable, and that's what makes great quarterbacks like yourself, Dan. I mean, the ability to keep throwing the ball knowing you're going to get hit. Okay, prediction time before we say goodbye, Mr. Fouts. Who do you got, Super Bowl 56? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, the Rams have the uh, better talent uh, across the board. Uh, but the Bengals have something special. There's no question about that. Uh, you go back to that Kansas City second half or actually the last play of the first half, and from that moment on, that was Cincinnati's game against a great Kansas City team. But, uh, you know, I, I like the way that the Rams have, have fought back. They've won their last two games by a field goal. Uh, so I think the Rams are the better team. I think they'll win the Super Bowl. Hall of Famer Dan Fouts, it's an honor and pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks Appreciate you. Yep. Good luck to you. Thank you. We miss him on TV, too. Did a hell of a job as a broadcaster for many years. Yeah. Dan Fouts. That's a great one right there, Michael Lombardi. No my doubt. Man, my no man doubt. could fun sling to watch it. Him play. He could sling it. He could sling it. He could have played in any era. Let great. me say that to you right now. He could have played it for third-round draft pick from the University of Oregon, any era. Big guy, too. Bulger next here, Lombardi line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, do you have questions about the Super Bowl betting perspective? Well, we've got you covered. VSEN's big game help desk available right now. You're wondering about hedging, maybe some unusual props or insights from our hosts? VSEN big game help desk is here for you. Submit your questions vsen.com/superbowl and it could be answered by our experts on air or at vsen Com. Okay, the wonderful Dan Fouch just joined us. It was tremendous to talk to him. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We're going to talk to Mark Bolger now, of course, had a tremendous career, 11-year career, mostly with the Rams. And, Michael, this is going to be about football and curling. And Mark is prepared because, he, my man, as we say hi to Mark, this is not a joke, dude. You are all in on curling. We have to start there. Okay, we can start with curling, yeah. My buddy Jared Allen, obviously with the Vikings and Bears and everywhere else, he reeled me in here in Nashville to uh, start a curling team with Mike Roos and Keith Bullock, and we trained for two years for the Olympics, and obviously some travel things happened, uh, so we couldn't go to Minnesota so much. But I just figured I'd have the idea to bring curling to Nashville, and that's where I'm at. So I'm actually here right now. Mark, Mark, you got to explain to me how you trained for curling. And I don't mean this in any negativity towards the sport of curling, but, like, how do you work on this? Like, what do you do to improve yourself as a curler? Honestly, that, that's a question we get all the time. And when we had to go to Blaine, Minnesota all the time for the Olympic Training Center, um, 
it's just stability, and it's a lot tougher than it looks. It's 44 yards long. The stones are about 44 pounds. Uh, it it takes a lot, but uh, you know, there's teamwork, and you know, but the community's been great, and that's why I wanted to bring it here and try to teach people more here about curling and, and expand the sport, not just during the Olympics every four years. Look, you're a great athlete. Is it hand-eye? Would you say that lends itself to being a good curler? I mean, and do you consider yourself, where are you right now if you compare yourself to Allen, per se? Jared's he's definitely better than me. Um, but, we, you know, everyone has a different uh, method. I, I just kind of wing it because um, <laughs> I'm a quarterback, obviously, and there was. But Jared, you know, he's more technical. Uh, so that's the thing. I think it's like a golf swing. Everyone, you know, Arnold Palmer had a different swing than Jack Nicklaus and, or Tiger Woods. So it's, I think it's a feel thing for me just being an uh, ex-quarterback. And being an ex-quarterback, watching these two quarterbacks play, I mean, when you watch them and you have a quarterback who's been on some really good teams and some teams where you've gotten hit way too much, what do you think of Joe Burrow and how his ability to get sacked as often as he does and maintain his eye level down the field? Yeah, that, that, that's a key, especially in the NFL. Um, if your eyes get down, you're, you're going to be in, you know, in trouble. So you just have to be willing to take the hits. It's a lot easier when, you, when you're younger. But, uh, hey, it takes guts to stand in there because well, he's a bigger guy than I was. But it, it is what it is. But uh, it doesn't work if you're looking at the ground. Yeah, he, he and especially with staring at Donald in front of him there, Mark Bolger joining us here on the Lombardi line. Let's go to the other side and Stafford. If I just say to you, Matthew Stafford, from a quarterback's perspective, what jumps out immediately? I love Matthew Stafford's style of play because he's a gunslinger, and that's kind of, uh, you know, the back part of the greatest show on turf with Coach Martz. Uh, he just wings it, and it, it doesn't bother him. Um, and that's what I, I just love watching him because you know he's going to throw the ball. It's not, he's not going to sit there and check it down every every play. And I think uh, him and Joe were both the same way as, you know, they just have – it looks like they're having fun out there, which, which I like about uh, both of them. Well, what do you see in terms of what you think of the Rams' ability to move the football against the, this Bengal defense, which has been very opportunistic? I mean, where do you see Stafford really having his most success in this game? Will it be off of play action, or do you think they'll throw more of a drop-back game? I think it's a little of both, but, you know, sometimes I have to explain to my friends. <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, when you run the ball sometimes on first down and 10, and it, you know, or – you're setting up uh, big plays, so you can't just go for the big play every time. You have to give set those plays up, run the ball, take one, two, three yards, because it sets up the, the you know the high seven routes or the deep posts. And uh, and I think Coach will do a great job, McVeigh, of, of setting that up. I mean, they're going to have their game plans, and I'm I'm sure they're not going to deviate from what they've been doing all season. Mark Bolger joining us here on the Lombardi line. You have your favorites, right? Mark, you had some pretty good receivers there, uh, the greatest show on turf. The connection with Burrow and Chase, as a betting network, we, you know, we can bet props. We can bet whether or not Chase is going to score touchdowns, you know, passing props as far as – do you, do you start to build that connection and look to them maybe more oft than you should? 
Yeah, I mean, not you know, with Tori Holt and Isaac Bruce, I had one, you know, my X and my Z, so usually they were on opposite sides, and it was kind of uh, body language. We knew, okay, I got him, and I would let them have a playoff because I knew where I was going already. But, you know, it's the 10,000-hour rule. When, when you're under stress or if you're behind in a game, you're going to go to what you know. And with that connection, I would stick with it, but at the same time, you know, the Rams are going to know to, to maybe double, but yeah, I don't know. I, that's one thing I learned playing the NFL for that long, that uh, you never know what they're going to throw at you, so you just stick with what you know, not what, what they're going to bring to you. Yeah, and I, and I think ultimately, and I'm sure you had this with Mike March, it's ultimately a game of adjustments, right? I mean, so whatever you thought you prepared for during the week, it kind of could change. And watching this Bengal defense, the way they rushed three in the second half against the Chiefs, kind of played more man-to-man, doubled, doubled the hill, doubled Kelsey, and said throw the ball somewhere else. You know, you've got to be able to adjust. And as a quarterback, how is your ability, in talking in terms of Burrow and Stafford, in terms of handling the adjustments, as you said, it. Yeah, I was I was lucky with Coach Marks because he had a million plays every week. But I think they'll be fine. Um, I think the one advantage, even though it takes quarterbacks and the rest of the team out of the routine during the Super Bowl, is usually it's a 10 to 12 minute halftime during the regular season. Then you get to the Super Bowl and there's the halftime show and it turns into 30, 35. So I think whatever coach can adjust um, the best at halftime, you know, if it's close or if it's not so close, you know, that, that'll be a huge advantage having more time at halftime. And as a program, you know, Mike Martz is going to join us tomorrow morning on the Lombardi line. We're talking to Mark Bolger, of course, played for Martz there in St. Louis. Okay, uh, we didn't expect Cincinnati to be here. I'm just going to give the numbers and then you give me a prediction. So right now the Rams are a four-point favorite, Mark. Uh, who do you got winning this Uh-oh. game? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um... I mean, obviously, I'm a Ram for life, um, but can we do a tease? We can take, you know, Cincinnati up to 11, but the Rams win. So the Rams will win, but I like the 11 points, and I like bringing that over down. How about that? Okay, we're going to go down on the 48 and a half, of course, 42 and a and then it. you're going to go up. You're going to go up to 10 with the Bengals. Okay, I like that. And by the way, the Mark Bolger. Let me just get, let me get this in because this is an awesome venture you're doing. The Mark Bolger Foundation, which finds innovative ways to create awareness and provide funding to a variety of programs designed to benefit men and women in uniform and children battling life-threatening conditions. And for more information, go to the MarkBolgerFoundation.com to check that out. Anything for Michael and I to ask Coach Martz tomorrow? Oh, gosh. Have him uh, spit off like one of the long plays, like scattered a bunch right, zip, ace right hot, team 422, F corner swing. He would know what that means. He's, he was a genius, and I still have to remember it because he was, he, was, uh, he was pretty tough on quarterbacks. I know that much, but he was, he, he was the best uh, offensive mind I've ever, uh, ever been around. And that 422 goes all the way back to the great Sid Gilman because that tells the receivers what routes to run. Yeah, it was the way that uh, I think Coriel – he, he made it up because he was getting a lot of JUCOs to transfer, and he made up a system that was digital. So a four is a, a dig route, and a two is a cross route. Yep. The evens uh, break in, the odd numbers break out. So it's, uh, it was a smart system, and Coach Mars ran with it and turns it into uh, the greatest show on turf. It's just fascinating yep. 15 years later. 
all that's still in your head. It's just, it's, it's incredible how you just remember yeah. all of that. It's really, it's really wild, Mark. Yeah, well, there's a, trust me, it was a lot of studying, and he made us draw every play every night. So that would be two hours after a 10-hour day of drawing every single play out of his thousand play every day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired. But he didn't, he didn't mess around. He was one of those bosses. But I'm, I'm glad I, uh, I got to play for him. Okay, so Rams are going to win it, but he's going to tease the Bengals up and tease that total down. That's Mark Bolger. Thank you, Mark. Back to the gambling Thanks, expert. Appreciate Back to the you. curling. Thanks Thank so you, much. Mark. Okay, Thanks well, you so got to start Mark. putting lines on curling, and when you're in Nashville, come on down. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. We will. The MarkBolgerFoundation.com. That's a wonderful venture as well. So thank you to Mark for joining. That was a lot of fun. How about, how about just spitting Nashville. out that information? Everybody's in Nashville. I know. The, yeah, Nashville awesome. is the new Austin, but it is fascinating how they're just that information still all up there. Yeah, you can't get it out of your head. I mean, it's how you remember songs from when you were growing up. I mean, it's in there. You're never leaving it. You can remember the lyrics. I mean, think about it. It's really incredible. My man is deep in curling. (laughs) Why is curling in Nashville? Why is everything in Nashville now? It is. That's what I want to know. You just said it. That's what I want to know. It's the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, of course, it is the king of sports books. That's BetMGM. Presented uh, the, of course, Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Go score huge for the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on Pro Football's final game. You know what I'm talking about. It's either 
If either team scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. So bet on either the Rams or the Bengals, 10 bucks, 200 bucks if either scores a touchdown, if you use the bonus code SB200 when you make your first bet. You're also going to earn rewards here at BetMGM points for MGM Resorts nationwide, okay? Only at BetMGM. It's a new customer offer, and if you do have a gambling issue, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. We got you back here, Lombardi Line. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Vison Studios here at the South. Why Michael Lombardi hanging out in New Jersey as we get closer and closer? How about Bolger knowing what a tease is, huh? He's going to take the Rams, he's going to take the Bengals up to 10, and he's going to bring the total down to 42 and a half. Little tease. What, what, he, he hedged. What's really his yeah, emotions. I think it was kind of, I think it was interesting. So, what he's really saying there is the Rams will cover a line of six, seven, eight, or nine. So what he should do is go and see what he would cost him to bet the Rams giving the Bengals nine. He's going to get great odds on that number, right? If yeah, absolutely. And he, you know, he, that's called an emotional hedge. What he did there, Michael, because yeah. he, you could tell he's kind of leaning Bengals, but he had to get the Rams in the mix. So he emotionally hedged. He found himself a little middle there. Um, I know somebody who hasn't hedged though. I mean, my man, mattress Matt. Have you seen what he did today? What did he do now? Matt, according to Daryl Ravel of the of uh, you know on Twitter, he has now spent he put another five million on the Bengals money line, and he did it with Caesar Sports. That five million bet is the largest one Caesar Sports has ever taken. He now has nine point five million on the Bengals, uh, which will net him sixteen point two million if he wins. So he's bet. So he bet two different $5 million bets yep. or four and a half million. Why didn't he just bet the whole? I think he did four and a half for the first time. And then I think, well, I think he did it at different books, Patrick. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because he could have got a better number when he originally placed the original $5 million bet because that Bengals money line's coming back a little bit. So, right. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, I'm, I'm parsing a little bit. That's a lot of money and that's a lot of belief in the Bengals from your boy. Yeah, it really is. And usually as I, I was on Denver radio before I came on to do our show and, and I was, we were, I, they were asking me about it and typically I always, I did, you know, for lack of a better term, I didn't know he was a sharp. I, I thought he was a guy who offset the odds of him giving away stuff in his store. But obviously, he's got some algorithm going that he believes the Bengals are going to are going to cover these, are going to win the game. Forget covering. He's not even. He's an Eagle fan. He doesn't even want the points. Yeah, I'll take my NFL betting advice from Lombardi and not Mattress. That's what yeah, I'll I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily I, I, I don't know anything about him as far as I know. It's an awesome opportunity to advertise and it brings him a lot yeah. of attention. Um, Speaking but, of advertising, we should advertise. I think it, everybody who listens to our show, I, I, a, I urge you to get our betting guide because I think it's going to help you. But two, this Brett Musburger interview with the great Billy Walters, the two legends of the industry uh, of, of, of their industries, let's say to sit together and have a conversation. I think it's going to be just powerful. You know, they did it. It looks like they did it, Patrick at Michael's and, uh, I would have loved to have been just in there to listen to those two talk about this whole industry and how they how it's evolved from where it started to where it is today. That's that can't that's must see television. It's it's a great point and it also leads to why when I walked into work yesterday here at the South Point, I saw Brian Musburger, I saw Bill A. D. I saw all the luminaries and they were all very covert. I was like, What are you guys doing here? And neither of them told me. Well, Michael just nailed it. This Super Bowl Sunday, Billy Walters, who is 
He's the Michael Jordan of sports betting. He sits down with our very own Brent Musburger for his. He's only done one interview in his life before, and this is his second interview ever. You see it there. This is in the betting community. I'm so glad you brought it up, Michael. This is about as big as anything gets because Billy Walters mm -hmm. is the white whale. I mean, he is literally everybody's god. Uh, his first. Yeah, he is. He did a 60 minutes expose. I would say probably yep. now about eight. And you can find it on YouTube. It's tremendous. Might be longer. Maybe Might ten years longer. ago. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was. And you know, I was, I was, uh, I went to his golf course once and sat around a round table. And you know, this is a man that truly, you know, we throw this term sharp around here, like left and right, like everybody's got some kind of uh, mysterious algorithm that always wins. This guy truly is a guy that shifted the line, and he needed runners to go to different books to be able to kind of masquerade what he was doing. And he played the line in both directions to try to get himself what he thought was the best number. So this is a truly legend of the industry. And it's somebody that, that I think most of the books fear. I mean, if he would have be laying nine and a half on the Bengals, I, I, I think you would see a, a lot of people being fearful uh, of that number and be reluctant to take it, too, to be honest with you, Patrick. Absolutely. Uh, I want to get the particulars because those that are paying attention to VEASAN are going to care about this. It was 11 years ago he sat down with 60 Minutes, 11 years since his last interview, and it's with us here, VEASAN, and, of course, the legend Brent Musburger. So here's the deal. The exclusive interview with Billy Walters is only going to be available at VEASAN.com, and tonight you're going to get an extended clip with Gil and, and Matt on primetime action at 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so you're going to see a clip of it tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on primetime action, and then you can watch the complete interview this Sunday, noon Eastern, only at vcin.com. I, when I tell you all the pregame shows. That's right after our show then. Yes, right after it's our come show. right after the Lombardi awesome. line. The, the pregame shows, this matters to those in the – in the know more than anything. I mean, like you can have fun with your silly pregame shows. The interview this Sunday at noon with Billy Walters and Brent Musburger, Michael Lombardi, that's legit. It is. And you know, it's funny because I was, I hang around the book, the book with, with Thomas Gable and, and there's a bunch of people that, that are professional gamblers that, that hang out in the books. Some of them actually live in the hotel because they spend so much money. That's what they do for a living. And the, the hotel comps them and they do this. And with the, the conversation of Billy Walters always comes up. And one of the gentlemen actually knows Billy and, and has, has been in his company. And we're always constantly asking, you know, what's Billy on this week? And he hasn't really playing anything and going back and forth. Because it's one of the few people you want to know what side he's on. There's a lot to the story. I believe started in Louisville in the gambling halls, ended up out here as the biggest, as like we, we said, the Michael Jordan. Also philanthropic beyond measure. I mean, what he's done for children um, and schools, and it's just, it, the story's incredible. And again, he sat down with Brent Musburger, and you're right, it's right down, you know, what's wild about the South Point, which is a great casino, but we're a couple miles south of the Strip here on Las Vegas Boulevard. What's yeah. wild is, Many would say Michael's, which is where the interview was done, which is inside the South Point, is a top three restaurant and maybe the best. Like when Coach K. Krzyzewski comes to town, he's got his own table in the back at Michael's. Michael's is prime time. 
It, it is by uh, to me. I just Bill Berman was asking me how he wanted me to ask you about the food up at the bowling alley, and I'm like, I've never been. I'll check with Patrick on that, but you know, I'm sure it's good at the South Point Bowling Alley. But the one thing I can tell you unequivocally, Michael's is the, one of the finest restaurants I've ever eaten in, in my too. entire life. I mean, it is elite. It, it's a it's above everything, and it's not that it's you know you know sometimes you go to these Michelin stars restaurants where they give you this little thing and they have five names to it longer than the Mike March play that Mark Bolger quoted last <laughs> uh, last segment, you know, and you're wondering where the, what the hell all this is, and it's got 70. No, this is just really unbelievable, and the service is magnificent. So, Michael's you know, so ho- hopefully I'll eventually get back there. I wasn't invited to Beers and Buds, but hopefully sometime I'll be able to get back to Vegas at some point. <laughs> no, I did not realize we, were, we even had a bowling alley. This is what's fascinating about casinos in general, when and spe- specifically because this is where we work, and you know how it is. You walk into the and you walk out. There's so there's it's such a mystery when you get in a casino because you just feel like you're stuck in time. That apparently yeah. up there is a, a movie theater, which I had no clue there was yep. up there. Stephen's shaking his head. Do you know where the Stephen? Do you know where the bowling alley is? I don't even. You know what? I think there is a bowling alley. There though. is a bowling alley, and I, I think it's back by the rodeo. Oh, it's, I've never oh, yeah. been. There's also there's a, also a, a rodeo legit, here, which is crazy. like one of the best in the country. Yeah. There's a rodeo, like whatever you call what hosts a rodeo. There's a right here at the South Point. Vegas is wild, man. Vegas is a weird place. A rodeo, yeah. a bowling alley, one of the great restaurants in the state, one of the great restaurants all in, in the country, place. all in one place, and you can go catch a matinee Amazing. as well. And you can go no doubt. You can go play the table games, and you can bet the Rams Bengals Super Bowl Fifty Six. Which, you know, what's interesting about that is it's four pretty much everywhere in forty eight and a half. I my target for that Rams money line is one seventy five. Michael, I think we're gonna get there because as Vinny yeah. was leaving. He, he just kept on saying the borough money. The it borough might money. be at Caesars. You might be able to get it at Caesars since Billy put all that money down on uh, on, on uh, the Bengals on the money line. It may have could reflect. We need to find out what Caesars is on the money line. Oh, that was Matt. Yeah, Mattress. If we do know where what side Billy's on, I would like to know that. You might have connections to Walter. You know what? Text Brent and see if he gave a... Well, you have to. You know what? You'll have to tune in on Sunday for the interview to see if he yeah. gives a play. I think Brent's not giving it away. I think Brent's tight-lipped on that. Brent, Brent's been. Brent knows. He knows. Yeah, yeah. No, trust me. He knows. We're coming back with Matthew Barry here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.